Welcome, everybody, to our Kingdom Link podcast. We are so excited that you've chosen to join with us today. Man, do we have an exciting episode today for you all. My dad and I are so excited for who we have with us today. It is going to be a power-packed episode. Don't you agree, Dad? I absolutely do, and we are so thankful uh, for for you that are listening today and a part of the Kingdom Link podcast where leadership only matters if it's passed on. And uh, we are delighted that you have come to be a part of us. Uh, we encourage you, uh, subscribe, whatever whatever uh, media outlet you're listening to, subscribe, be a part of the Kingdom Link family. Uh, we're wanting to bring together generational leaders. And uh, today we have in the studio a, a great leadership team that Absolutely. are generational leaders, none other than the uh, missionary Mark, Stumbo and missionary Jordan Stumbo. Uh, they are friends of the family. Uh, they're a part of uh, the church that we pastor coming out of here. Uh, and we are delighted to have them with us. They work in Russia and uh, have been there for about 25 years, at least. Uh, uh, Brother Mark, uh, you've been there since since what, what year? 96. 96. Uh, I arrived at 96. Family joined us in 97. Yes, sir. Wow. Wow. Well, again, uh, Brother Mark uh, Stumbo, so good to have you with us. Just say hello to our listeners today. Well, well thank you, Pastor Gil. It's so good to be with you and all those who are listening. I'm glad that we can just share our views, our thoughts about leadership, about working for the kingdom, because uh, we're just sold out for that. You know, in the scriptures, it talks about being addicted to the ministry and Mm-hmm. And, I, and I feel that I'm very much so addicted and mm-hmm. wanting to do something for the kingdom of God. So we're looking forward to this discussion today. Amen. And we're delighted to have your son, uh, a young man, uh, a father, a uh, husband, a father, and, and also a minister of the gospel, a missionary as well, working in Russia in the Baltic states. Uh, Brother Jordan, it's great to have you here today. Oh, it's awesome to be here with you today. And we're, we're delighted that you're a part of this podcast, and we're going to hear some exciting things. Uh, Brother Stumbo, Brother Mark Stumbo, and I go way back. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, um, one thing that was always clear, if you were around uh, uh, Brother Mark as a, as a young man, is that he had a passion for missions mm-hmm. that was evident. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I would like for you to just tell, if you wouldn't mind, uh, your story about your calling mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to the mission field mm-hmm. and how that looked. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting where we did meet, and that was a formed a friendship that was at Bible College. And, um, and since you said that, that's actually where I would say the burden for missions began. Um, when I came to the Lord and, and, and teenage years, I had never really thought too much about ministry, but when I began to attend Bible College, that's when I... I began to feel like uh, God had something more for me to do. Mm-hmm. And, and at Bible College, it was a, an atmosphere where we were introduced to a lot of different missionaries. Uh, came through, mm-hmm. you know, and preached for the uh, hosting church of the college. And, uh, and uh, by seeing them and hearing their stories, uh, I was just really moved with a burden. It's just like all of a sudden, mm-hmm. missions got a hold of me and a desire to work for the Lord in foreign lands. And first mission trip I took was out of Bible college, and that was to the Philippines. And I was okay. about 20 years of age at that time and uh, impacted me tremendously. And, and I just felt like God was really pulling on our heartstrings to be involved in missions work. And 
dealing with other cultures and um, land and customs because for some people that may be a drawback, to, but to me it was a challenge. I enjoyed cultures, different languages, and, and so I, I was very interested in it even from a, as a young child. And so maybe the Lord knew my makeup in this. And sure, so, right. Uh, it's began to lead to that what we call a calling or a burden mm. uh, to reach the lost in other lands. Did you know that it would be Russia right away, or did you just feel pulling towards the mission field in general? Uh, just in general, the mission field. In fact, we, me and my wife, uh, my wife, of course, had a also a, a burden for a mission. She had served a few years in Mexico as a uh, helper. Oh, okay. she, she spoke Spanish fluently and all of these things. I met her in Bible college, so... But uh, we never really thought about where, but we both joined together with this ideal that, you know, we felt like God wanted us to serve together in missions. And um, and we even thought at first it would be the Philippines, you know. That was our right. first field and, you know, mm-hmm. had that desire to, to go back and continue to do something for the work of the Lord. But it seems like, uh, uh, Brother David, that uh, the doors began to close uh, mm-hmm. when we would try to push open the door for the Philippines. It just didn't work out. Right. And, and but still that burden remained, and there was two or three fields that we felt God was calling us to, and and again we may I say gently pushed the door and tried to enter into that field, but it just never worked out. And and, and I, I've said this story before. I, maybe I've told you about it where I was confused because here I was aching to do something for missions work, and, right? Yeah. And I had opportunity to go to the field and, um, with the Apps Like Youth Corps and various crusades and organizing things like that. I just was aching to get burning in my soul to be a part of that, and uh, nothing was working out. Right. And so I finally wrote to a seasoned missionary. Uh, it was uh, Gary Edmonds from Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And, 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 I, I, and this was the days before email, you know, and so I had to <laughs> send him a letter, and I had to go all the way to Taiwan and back. So it, Ooh, took, a, it took a while. Yeah, it took a couple of months, and finally got the letter back. He was faithful to write and thank the Lord he did, and, well, the answer he simply said was, and in short, was that, uh, uh, Brother Stumbo, you, uh, I, I explained my desire, and I've been thinking right. God's calling mm-hmm. me here and there and everywhere. And he said, so Brother Stumbo, what you need to do is really pray for a specific field. Mm-hmm. You've got to pray for a field and, and, and ask for confirmation. Right. That that's where God wants you to go, because if you don't do that, uh, he said it's just too discouraging on the mission field. Uh, you need to have that to fall back on, that wow. calling. Yeah, and so I, that's what I did. I began to say, Lord, give us a field, give us a, give us a country, right? Lord, give us a country, and um, He did that, and uh, we began to pray like that. And it wasn't too long before Russia kept coming to our minds. And um, I had been there in '93 uh, to Russia on a youth corps trip, and uh, and when I left, I honestly felt like uh, we left something undone there. And so, but mm. we prayed, and and we felt like God may be leading us there. And, and at first, right. we was hesitant because. Yeah. Um, we um, we tested because we knew how difficult it would be. Right, it just absolutely. Got through communism, the economy was destroyed. Uh, the, the morale and the soul of the heart of the people were really in a, in a difficult state at that time. So mm-hmm. we prayed about it a lot, and um, but we kept Russia kept coming back to our minds. And there's other little things that began to confirm that to us uh, that this was the place to go. Wow. wow. And, and in the end, I make a long story short. It was simply said, Lord, well. This is where you want us to go. If you open the door, we'll step through. Mm. That's awesome. So, so what would you say to that that young uh, man of God that is just at that point where I know God's called me? Mm-hmm. I just don't know where. Right. I don't know what. I don't know when. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that young man of God today? I mean, would would I know what 
Brother Edmonds told you. Mm-hmm. But if if you can go back to young Mark, mm-hmm. yeah, what 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 are something that you could help a young person right now that's listening that is working on? I know God's called me. I just don't know, and I'm frustrated. Well, it'll be those two things. I think, like we talked about what uh, uh, missionary Gary Edmonds said, is great advice. You know, pray for a specific calling. But, right. uh, yeah. but before that time comes, uh, my advice for a young minister would do the best where you're at with what you can do, mm. you know, in the kingdom where God has placed you at the moment. Right. Yeah. Because so many times a young minister will get frustrated and always dream of doing something else where God is, is telling him, you know, do what you can where you're at. Prove yourself faithful right. here and. And make sure you, you have a pattern of faithfulness. Make sure you're uh, fulfilling the ministry and reaching out to souls where you're at. Right. Because if you can't do it where you're at, then it's right. very unlikely you're going to do it somewhere else, you know. Absolutely. That's, that's great. Yeah. Well, uh, Brother Jordan, uh, so so your story is that how old were you when you when, when y'all went to the mission field? I was nine. You was nine years old. Yeah. And so you grow up on the mission field. And uh, I know that there's a distinction between being called to the ministry and then called to work in the mission field. Tell us your story just a little bit and, and how you came to be a missionary to Russia. Well, um, I originally, I mean, my, my calling is almost opposite of dad's in that sense where I, um, I ran from it for, for quite a while, that, that calling into actual being missionary i i wanted to do anything but that mm-hmm. um i i don't really know the motivation so much from that is it more is just it was i wanted to define myself mm. instead of more letting god define my ministry and that was mm. kind of that that mm. youthful youthful pride coming out really and um so I, I remember in Bible college, they said, anyone who's called to missions, come up, we'll pray for you. And I was like, well, I'm going to the back. And, <laughs> um, and, uh, and so that, that was a, a kind of a struggle for, for me to actually just accept the calling. I, um, I, I went out, preached, I evangelized full time for a while. And um, I, I enjoyed it. God blessed. And I, I believe I was where I needed to be, where God allowed me to be there for that time. Um, but there was just a moment where I couldn't get missions off my mind. It was something that it was just a constant, persistent burden and a calling. And, and um, it wasn't just on me, but it was on, on Lindsay, my wife as well, mm-hmm. where we both just felt this dissatisfaction with, with who we were in God, where we just weren't right where we needed to be. And, mm-hmm. and we began praying and praying. And then we had a, a fifth wheel while we were evangelizing. And I was up in the, in the bedroom praying, and she was down in the living room praying. And and we both, we opened up that little sliding door and we both had tears in our eyes. We're like, it's time to go, isn't it? And she said, yeah, yeah, it's time to go. <laughs> and, um, and from there on, we just immediately began pursuing missions. And I, for me, it never was a question of where. That was very evident. Was, was, was that because it was just something was in your, your heart about Russia? Or was it something you caught from your dad and mom? There was a special service he attended, I remember. Uh, Jordan did. It was in Georgia doing deputation, and Georgia, when his evangelistic schedule was in that area, and he came to that service. And um, I'll let him tell the rest. But I think that was a special moment in his calling in his, his life. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. There was, there was a, a service. I believe you were you were doing deputation there, and um, I it I had started feeling that burden before that, but that was a, a com like a confirmation where just like this is you you can't can't hide from that. 
Um, and, and, and the idea that, that Russia, I, I don't know, it was, I, I mean, I, I dreamed of Russia. I, I, I felt revival in Russia. I don't know, there was just such a deep feeling mm-hmm. of, it, it wasn't, I'm going to go to the mission field, but let me go back home to, mm. to work in the field. And, and there was such a connection. And that, that's really, I, I couldn't shake that. Wow. wow. Well, so uh, when, when you're getting to that process of I'm called to go back home, mm-hmm. what was the thought when you said in your mind, I'm going to go back and work with my father? Mm. I, me and dad never worked together in those terms. I, I didn't have an expectation. I mean, when I left home when I was 18, um, I, I did feel called to preach earlier in my teen years. But it was more of like him giving me advice on how to preach. Yeah. Right. Advice on, there's such a world of difference between a preaching and a pastoral ministry. Right. And I, I didn't, I, I wasn't even wise enough to think, well, we're going to go in a whole different role. I, it, it didn't really dawn on me until we, we actually got there that there would be any difference or a different dynamic in the relationship. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I'm sure that when you heard the news brother mark that uh that your son and his wife were coming to russia mm-hmm. what, what what was that feeling like or did you know it all along that they would be coming back no we uh me and, and wanda had always decided within our own minds never to be the calling for our children mm-hmm. you know, we good. wanted them to uh, search, search it out themselves pray and seek god and receive a calling themselves so he's very hesitant to ever encourage them and this is just a little joke, you know, oh, we want you to come to Russia or something like that. We never sit <laughs> right. down with them seriously and say, yeah. you, know, you need to come back or something. So we weren't expecting that. Uh, but, when he, of course, when we heard the news, we were very thankful. But uh, we didn't know that Jordan would be in uh, St. Petersburg. Uh, we knew he'd be in Eastern Europe. Uh, we didn't know if he would basically be working out of the Baltics areas or in a different city in Russia. Yeah. Uh, but I think for a time he wanted to come to St. Petersburg before he would launch out into different area and we're thankful for that and we're looking forward to his help and because you know a husband wife team is tremendous but when the lord sent them out they sent them out two by two yes and and he wasn't necessarily talking about husband and wife which i'm not against that but when you have another fellow minister um, joining you in in the field then it's it's a tremendous encouragement and strength to the work Mm. and to uh, each other morally right yeah were there any things stepping into, I know this kind of goes back to an earlier part in our conversation for you, Brother Stumbo, but was there any types of ministry or leadership aspects that you had to learn or shift when going into the mission field? Because mm-hmm. I know you came out of Bible college, and the same for you, Brother Jordan, coming out of Bible college back into the mission field for you. Were there any sort of styles that you had to learn to shift to accommodate to your field? That's a great question because, uh, you know, in any leadership role, I, I think you have to be sensitive to the area you're working in. Uh, you know, it's not textbook right. ministry or leadership in a sense. You, you've got to adjust in different things. And, you know, I've read all the books, uh, Criswell, uh, I've read about him. I've read, uh, you know, Missions by the Book, uh, mm-hmm. all of these different leadership programs and ideals. I, I, I believe in the indigenous church you know, which is a main thing in mission work. You go in, you set up an indigenous church, you let the uh, nationals take it over, you know. Mm. 
and, and, I, and I agree with all those things, but when I went into Russia with those ideals um, to turn you know, the work over to them, to disciple them, et cetera, right. it wasn't a process of, of saying that's not the right way to go, but it was a, process, it was a question of timing. Right. Mm-hmm. It was okay. a timing. And I think working in Russia, the timing is so much slower. Mm. And then mother, maybe in other fields, right? Uh, because I know other missionary groups have come in and they're following it, you know, the missions by the book, and they're setting them up within a year or two and wanting these uh, the nationals, so to speak, to or the, or the you know the native people. To, I didn't mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, you sure. know, you know uh, the indigenous people to take over right. the work, which they should, right? But it was just too soon. Mm, yeah. And in doing that, they lost doctrine, they lost integrity. Uh, it was, sometimes they would put property and uh, other uh, things in their name, and, and the temptation right. was too great. Mm. And they would just, you know, turn the back on the mission and say, I don't even know who you are. Thank you for this gift, this building, and things like this happen all the time. Right. Yeah. And so we moved a little slower. And, and also, after I got to know some of the Russian pastors of our faith, uh, some of the ones Pentecostals there, you know, they they moved also very slowly when they mm-hmm. put ministers into, uh, like, a position of pastorship. It was like sometimes 45, 50 before they'd even consider putting a minister in pastorship in Russia. Wow. Where wow. In, in America, of course, it's much sooner. Right. In other fields as well, uh, it's it's much sooner. But uh, And so it just moved a lot slower. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it's not that it wasn't a path we wanted to take. We just had to make sure the person we did want to invest in was going to be faithful to the message, to the doctrine. I see. What do you all see as, like, was one of the big adjustments coming from the American cultural idea of pastor and minister to being a missionary in a country like Russia? What This is for both of y'all, but what is your main adjustment compared to what we do here? Well, I, it's hard for me to do a comparison. Um, I've never really pastored in, in the States, but from, from a perspective, um, I think um, especially, I don't know if it's so much a, a European, Russian missions versus American, but it's just the, the newness of the movement. Um, like mm-hmm. Take Medora Church. I mean, it's over 100 years old. You have generation after generation right. and tradition right. leading up. Uh, we're, we're first generation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really the, the biggest shift that, that we have to face is is teaching a first-generation apostolic church. Mm. And, and you're not able to say, let's fall back on an apostolic culture. We're building an apostolic culture. Mm. And and to me, that is probably one of the greatest challenges where you, you're you facing so many different battles than a, a seasoned church would go through. Mm-hmm. Right. It, not that they're greater or easier. It's just they're, they're so much different. Different, right. yeah. yeah. Wow. Same, Brother Mark, you've, uh, how would... What do you think about that as far as your, 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 the distinctiveness of, of from American ministry to mm-hmm. ministering in, in Russia? Um, well, again, it's knowing the culture of the people, um, you know, how, they, how they receive things. Um, uh, on our standpoint, uh, we have had to try to think like they think in, in terms of um, – how we present the message to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's not we're compromising the message. We're just trying to make sure how we can get it to them, right? And that they can grasp and understand what we're trying to say, right? Uh, the Russian people, uh, for example, we've had preachers come to Russia, and they get really frustrated uh, when they'll be preaching, and, and you know, in an apostolic church in America, you, know, you have the amen standing right. up, and you know, <laughs> maybe running around the room, right. you know. 
Uh, the Russian culture is not like that. They're more reserved, mm. uh, but they're not any less passionate or emotional. But you have to look in for different signs. And I tell now I tell preachers when they come, I said, um, you know, they will say men with you sometimes. You'll see them uh, uh, get excited, but look in their eyes. Mm. Preach in their eyes. Their all their emotion is there. Wow! Wow! And if you can key in on that, you'll you'll know exactly if they're receiving it or not, right. and you'll know where to go. And and so those that's just one little thing that as far as a ministerial shift that we had to right. to deal with. And you know, even when we come back to Russia, I mean, went from Russia to coming back to America, sometimes to preach, we have to preach just a little different, you know, than we would mm. in that country. So. Yeah. So when you were talking about having to learn the aspect of when you come into, uh, especially Russia, with the idea of understanding that it's a little slower pace to get something started, and then whenever you were saying with the preaching aspect to understand how they react, was that something that you had to learn as you went along, or was that an understanding that God gave you when you entered into Russia? Yeah, um, well, you know, it's, it's interesting. When we were called to, to Russia— to begin with, um, you know, when I first arrived, uh, Brother David, one of the first things I thought to myself, I wish I'd stayed five years, ten more years in America to get as much mm-hmm. experience as I could. But honestly, after I got there, I saw that I don't think there I could have done anything else more to prepare myself for Russia. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I had to go there and to learn myself. Does that if that makes sense? Absolutely. On, on the on the job training. Exactly. Absolutely. Because yeah. there was nothing here that I, I don't think I could have done to prepare me for what I had to go through. It was, you know, as we call the neology. It was the mm-hmm. praying and making mistakes and saying, "God, help me to make the right choices. God, forgive me when I've done this wrong right. and help me to do better this in this direction." So it was a learning process. It, it didn't mm-hmm. come quickly, right. and you're, you still learn. You know, right. And uh, you still learn with the people because every person is so different uh, as it is in America as yes, in Russia but you find in the end honestly that their people uh, the Russian people are just like Americans in so many ways what they love hate what they have passion about yes, and so you just have to somehow try to speak their language mm-hmm. you know and, and they have uh, different ways of saying things you know and you know and when in our preaching we can't use certain phraseology they, they don't have any idea what we're talking about. Mm. You know, we use the phrase, for example, um, you know, it's the last straw on the, mm-hmm. you know, that breaks the camel's back. Well, they have <laughs> the phrase, uh, it's the last drop in the cup of tea, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Right. It's just completely different right. uh, ways they say things, and you have to learn that as well. Yeah. So That's awesome. Uh, Brother Jordan, in, in developing culture, uh, you all have been there for, for, for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, the 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 oppression, the spiritual oppression in Russia, is much different than a lot of other country, countries. And and then, are you seeing in the new generation that you're raising up a more openness? Or are you dealing with the same things that you you dealt with when you first arrived? Uh, there's definitely been a shift in our church. Um, I, I, I've seen that from I mean, when I was a kid to now. Uh, people lift their hands in worship. People will pray and worship during the, the song service, during the altar calls. We have some very powerful uh, moves of God, and there's a response to that. Um, when, when you look outside into maybe other um, organizations in Russia, but because there are other oneness organizations there, um, but uh, they're, they're still in that communist mindset. 
of we're we're hiding in our our little building don't want anyone to notice us mm. let's let's worship quietly let's pray quietly let's preach quietly and that that's become a very big culture in Russia where um, silence is almost a reverence and wow. that's your worship mm. and um and we're trying to kind of challenge that in some ways and um doesn't always work um yeah. but right. within our church uh, after 25 years of teaching and reiterating the importance of worship, we are seeing a change, mm-hmm. and especially in new converts. It's easier when you have a church who's already doing that, mm-hmm. when, when, it, when it's just a couple Americans doing it, mm-hmm. and you've got the rest Russians not doing it. <laughs> it it, it it's kind of looks weird when they're coming in, but right. now that right. we have a church that's also joining in this worship, it, it it's more natural to pass it on yeah. to new members. Well, and, and I think that one thing that is very similar with what y'all do with in Russia that we, I think in every field of labor is that it takes time to build a church, right? Absolutely. right. To build a, um, a, a kingdom minded culture, mm-hmm. you know, it takes time. And then that has to be reiterated. Absolutely. Because we have such a pressure from the culture today mm-hmm. to says conformed, mm-hmm. conform. And, uh, of course we believe in a culture that says transform. Right. Right. And uh well, but, and that's one thing that I respect so much of you, Brother Stumbo, is your patience that you've worked with your with your work there in Russia because this generation today it's so microwave gotta happen right here, right now. At the click right. of a button, I want something happening. But you had the reverence and, and the courage to build something and to work on it and to keep it moving and then now you have a first generation church and that's amazing. Praise God. And I think, Brother David, it's also something that's, uh, that helps us through the years is, is the grace of God. Uh, mm. Because uh, God gives us grace. He gives us that stickability, you mm-hmm. can say. And also it's the passion for the people. Yes, sir. You know, when we first went to Russia, uh, I may have told this story before to others, but uh, I remember the first two weeks I was there. My family wasn't there yet. You know, Wanda's getting ready to have a Luke. She was pregnant, and she couldn't make the trip. So I thought I'd go ahead and get a head start in the language, trying to play, find a place for us to live. And, and the first two weeks I was there, um, I, I thought to myself, this is crazy. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> what I, you know, what am I doing here? <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I thought, you know, maybe I just, you know, need to go back and, <laughs> right. you know, just stay with mama and you know, help her to have the baby. Maybe then we can decide to do something later or something like that. But, um, but no, it was the passion because I'd walk the streets at that time. Mm-hmm. And I just weep. Mm. Yeah, I just literally weep for the people. And I, and I think it was that passion for them to know God, to know truth, uh, to know Holy Ghost, power, salvation, infilling that kept us going. You know? Wow. And I, I'd like to add a story to that, too. Uh, I guess something I, I knew growing up in, in the home um, of, about the patience that Dad displayed was um, a lady in our, our church by the name of Nadia. Um, she came, um, one, one, not one of the first contacts, but a few years, and she was someone who'd attended other denominations and mm-hmm. two friends of friends came. And um, she was really actually antagonistic to yeah, the doctrine, antagonistic to the church. Um, there were people who say, no, I'm ready to be baptized in Jesus' name. She'd find out. She'd call them. Tell them not to be yeah. baptized. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> That's so fun. <laughs> and, um, and I remember we were, we were out to eat with um, some other missionaries at the time. And um, they, they, the missionary said, I don't know why you put up with people like that. He said, I, if, it, if it were me, I'd say, get out of my church and, and move on. And, 
And I remember as a little kid hearing him say that and mm. then watching dad's response. And, and then I was like, well, what's right here? And, and I, I watched as he continued to work with her and um, was just patient and mm-hmm. kept teaching and kept teaching. And eventually I remember she called and said, I, I, I want to be baptized. Wow. Yeah. And it was, wow. It was through patience. You see the yeah. Holy Ghost in one of the services. And she's still with us today after 20 years. Wow. And wow. Teaching in the Sunday school, doing a great job. And she's bringing her grandson to church now. That's see. awesome. That, Gen- that's generational. There you go. Absolutely. Generational. Absolutely. Wow. Mm. You know, I think that we, and, and David, you mentioned this, this microwave mentality of ministry today is that, uh, yeah, you know, I'm gonna hit. I'm going. I'm gonna get get big real quick. I'm gonna go to this level real quick. And and uh, I know in in the beginning, mm-hmm. talking with you, mm-hmm. brother brother Mark, um, the the fact that you could look at other mission field mm-hmm. and you could see great harvest, as it were, mm-hmm. and then you're putting in the same time, mm-hmm. preaching the same message, right dealing with a, a lot of different things there. Uh, how did that feel when you see a, a harvest in another field? Like they're really burning, going great right. guns, and we have just a handful. Yeah, well, that's where, uh, again, it's the calling. You, know, mm-hmm. that you feel like there's a reason why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And um, regardless of the numerical amount of people it's still it's not the quantity but the quality so to speak where right you're you're reaching out to specific people you you're being a voice you know think of john the baptist you know jesus said he's the greatest among the prophets mm. but yet you don't see this great following and you think well why would christ say that he was one of the greatest and i think i think it's because he was a voice you know, he, he was a voice uh, in his time that needed to be spoke a word that needed to be spoken. Yes, Absolutely. and the Lord wasn't necessarily looking for you know the, the large crowds of thousands. He was looking for a, a consistent voice that was talking about repentance. That there's one coming. Absolutely. Yeah, that's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. So right. I'd always felt, uh, Pastor Gill, that uh, we we had to be that voice. Mm. We had to be that message because. That the message that we preach as apostolics was so diluted, so confused. Right. We arrived from other oneness Pentecostals who were there, right. and so we just felt it's very important to continue that standard. And our our vision went beyond that, you know. Mm. And so, as far as the numerical values, that wasn't our goal. We didn't feel like that's what God was emphasizing emphasizing to right. us at that time. So, wow, yeah, I think comparison can be such a killer in modern day leadership and Christianity because if we start to look over and see what God's doing somewhere else and we try to compare it to what we're doing, yeah. that, that's, that'll kill courage. That'll kill, yeah. you know, as Paul said, don't compare yourself. Right. You know, there's, um, there's, you see the story like the apostle Paul who preached and 3000 were saved. Stephen preached the same message mm-hmm. and got stoned to death. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and 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 but we don't see the the full picture because it was Stephen that influenced the conversion of Saul, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sure you've seen this as well, and we've seen it also that churches who, that do start out with a big bang, um, it seems like um, compare them to churches who gradually grow. Mm-hmm. It seems like gradual growth seems more um, steadfast. It seems like it yes. lasts longer. Right. It, yes, it has that momentum that right. will help it through the 
the years ahead. You know, absolutely. And I think it has to be to be mentioned that if you're going in with a, a numbers mentality, you're, you're going in with the wrong one. Mm. Um, mm. It, that's so powerful. It's uh, you got to go in with an obedience mentality. Um, that that's really what the ministry is about, and you can only go as far as God has called you. It's not like you can say, "Well, God's called me here, but I'm going to go a little bit further." Mm-hmm. You you you've got to stay within that 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 lane that God has put you. And and I, I think um, European missions, especially not not just Russia, but European missions, is is a lot like that. Is just it, it's an obedience calling. It, mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a um, a numbers calling. Mm. Yeah. If you compare European missions to other fields, then you know you would get very discouraged if you only base it on numbers. Right. Case in point, uh, the second church that was started in the city in St. Petersburg was uh, we had a, a, a group of brethren come. Uh, they were from a one's Pentecostal background, and they had started a a work. Um, they they wanted to do something uh, as far as starting a church, mm-hmm. and uh, they they would pass out flyers and invite people throughout the city to come to a free concert. Uh, and it was mostly reaching the older people, and, and uh, they would come, and they would give them gift bags, things like that. And they called it the Bible Hour. And so, well, and they had success. They had hundreds mm-hmm. of people coming, and they asked their pastor uh, to come and minister to this congregation that they had started. Um, and, and what happened was the pastor was trying to get them all to come to his church. Mm-hmm. You know, but okay. They didn't mm-hmm. want to move away because it was far north where they were at, at the city, and they were, he was in the, sort of towards the center a little bit, and... Uh, well, just a different location. Well, and the pastor said he didn't want to do it anymore. So he came to us and said, you know, will you take over this ministry? Hmm. You know, would you help minister to these people? We've got this big group of people. They weren't ministers themselves. Right. But they just had something, a desire to do something evangelistic. I said, well, let me think about that. Okay. <laughs> and we said, sure, we, we'd love to do that. So we, when the first day we walked in, there was like uh, 180, 200 people. Wow. You know, right wow. there. And, and uh, we began to minister to them. We carried on the programs they had. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, we started baptizing people in Jesus' name. But the thing is, uh, this was numbers, Mm -hmm. you know, but there was really no core there. Mm -hmm. Uh, These were some older people out of communism with no biblical base. We tried everything we could. We had a, we had a Russian ministerial team that was working with us in this. Uh, Mm -hmm. We taught them basics of prayer and all these things, but the, the foundation was built from the top to the bottom. Ooh, you know, okay. right. you've got a big crowd, mm-hmm. but when you all began to sift down to who really was interested in coming for the gospel, right? You know, then it began to sift down. And I think before COVID numbers, we had like seventy or eighty that, that stayed there with yeah. us. You know, wow. when we all got together. So, wow. and so uh, that's what I'm talking about. If you just look at the numbers, that's great, but it, right. what are you getting out of that? You know. Absolutely. Always know for sure if you're going to get people who are really dedicated to this message. Absolutely. Well, you know, there's a scripture where Paul says, uh, where he was preaching in Acts 28, it says, and some believe the things which were spoken and some believe not. Right. And uh, that is the nature that Jesus said, you're going to go some places and they're going to accept you and some places they're not. Right. Mm -hmm. Move on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think in our in, in American culture, we get so bogged down in the the success is related that I, if I'm successful, then I have numbers, and if I have numbers, I'm successful. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, and and in doing so, 
we have bought into the idea that if I'm not successful, then mm-hmm. if I don't have numbers, I'm not successful. Right. Well, it's not up to me. I got to do the work. Like you said, mm-hmm. I need to obey. Right. I need to be obedient in the ministry. Mm-hmm. But didn't Paul say one plants, one waters, God gets the increase. Right. Right. It's our job to obey, to serve, right. to preach, mm-hmm. to teach, to train mm-hmm. to the best of our ability. And, and God does the work in that. Well, I think it's just hard because a lot of people don't like to hear that word obedience. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> that word right there is not, not in uh, a lot of, people's vernacular exactly it comes right. to, it, you know Saul said hey look what I've done I've done everything uh what's the bleeding of the sheep and the mm, absolutely because uh, I think 99% obedience is really not obedience is it right, right. right. It takes 100% and, and I think we can all agree here none of us are against numbers because numbers no, right. means that no. we're reaching more people with absolutely the gospel. Mm-hmm. but it's you know it's all according to the plan of God and how things work out and, absolutely yep. and and um, what we can do for the kingdom. Uh, I was at the, the movement conference. I heard one pastor say, uh, encouraging those who are struggling with that numbers issue. When mm-hmm. Someone may just have 40 or 50 in a congregation. He said, if you are the only apostolic church in your city, then you have the right to say, we have the largest apostolic church <laughs> in like our that. city. <laughs> you know? I like that. Amen. 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 Uh, working together in in uh a mission field, I'm sure, is completely different. Here we have organizational contact. We got fellowship. We got churches 20 minutes away, 15 minutes away, 30 minutes away, three hours away. Um, I know you all do have some contact with uh, other works, but when it boils down to you both working together Mm -hmm. as generational leaders, Mm -hmm. give us a little bit of a feel of what that looks like and uh, how y'all interact one with another. And because you've been now, Brother Jordan, you have been back in Russia with with uh, your family since when? Uh, 2012, about t- went on 10 years. On 10 years. So yeah. you have been working with your dad mm-hmm. 10 years mm-hmm. right. in, in a capacity of, of leadership together. Right. Mm-hmm. So you've learned some things. A couple of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe what to do, what not to do. Right. Uh, kind of go into the, some of those thoughts if you don't mind. Um for me it it, it was a big learning learning um uh, journey. Um it I, I think the nature of the missionary um is kind of solo. I mean that that's kind of the image you get. It's mm-hmm. I I want to be by myself. I want to I want to, I'm out here foraging trails for the kingdom of God. And, and, and that's kind of uh, something that needs to be shed. I believe if you really want to, um, to be more successful in, in integrating other aspects into your ministry. And, and for me, that, that was something I had to learn. I, I had to get away from the, the mentality of I'm bringing revival to Russia Mm. You know, you have to get away from that mentality of this is my ministry, but this is God's ministry. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and it took, uh, I would say, for me, it took about two years for me to get a, a, a better grasp of I, I'm, I'm working with my dad. Okay. Right. I'm working with him. Mm-hmm. And, and we're trying to do something together because I, I, I'm just saying from my personal experience, from where I am, I mean, it... Other people can learn these lessons a lot quicker, a lot slower. 
it took me two years to really get that um get that uh mentality a lot a mentality that worked a mentality mm-hmm. that worked and it, it we i would say we it was not an easy path in the beginning okay it, it <clears throat> wasn't easy in the sense of well we knew each other's boundaries right. we knew each other's mentality mm-hmm. but it um but it when it did start working it became probably the best thing that could have happened mm. wow yeah yeah well, from a father's standpoint oh well i think many father son um, ministers who are working together they they probably count themselves very privileged you know that you can share yes. this vision with your son right. and, and that makes it all, all the much much better where like with jordan working with him we share a lot of genes uh, same thoughts same ideals even though we're different of course but yet mm-hmm. we had the same passion we know that we're both working for the common goal for the good of the church and so it, it, in my viewpoint as a as a father um working with my son i, I think that it is uh it has it has been a good experience because uh, you know we can discuss things and we we have some ideals uh, that we know will benefit the church and you know and it's easier to transfer your your vision to your your, your children I think right. yes uh, so, right. I I understand that completely. <laughs> right and, and so it's not that we can't work with any other minister and we do work with other ministers but right uh, because we already we know how Jordan has been raised what he believes what he thinks and. And so it, it's a good working relationship, and therefore uh, we can um, capitalize on that relationship uh, and able to um, uh, do more in the ministry, right. actually. That's well, one thing I think is so powerful about a father-son duo and growing up in, that, in the same way is that you see the connectivity or the, the meshing that goes in. Like I think of it as like the unspoken word to where, especially with me working with you, dad, is that you can say something, but I receive a lot more than what you're saying because I know how you are. Mm-hmm. I've grown up in your house. I understand what you're trying to convey further beyond what you've actually conveyed. Mm-hmm. And, or that's just an example, but things like that is, it's easier to understand when you're It is kind family. of a shorthand uh, to understand mm-hmm. the backdrop mm-hmm. of that. And that, that is a powerful connection, uh, with with a father son type of a tandem, mm-hmm. but, and, but but don't you think it's about association? Because think of, uh, for example, those who were not related, like Moses and Joshua. Yes, mm-hmm. you know they had uh, uh, a good working relationship because Joshua seemed like always being drawn to Moses. He was with yes. them right. on the mountain yes. when he got the Ten Commandments. He wasn't among the people worshiping the golden calf. He was there on the mountain. So right. He, he went into the temple with Moses, or t- excuse me, the tabernacle with Moses, and, mm-hmm. uh, and he just had a really close relationship. And so, therefore, through association, he, mm-hmm. he captured the vision, the heart of Moses. And 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 Paul said same thing with Timothy. With Timothy, that I have no one else like Timothy. Right. He knows my heart. He knows my passion. But that is again, it goes back to relationship building. Right. And as you build a relationship. Uh, Leadership is relationship building. Jesus, the master leadership right. trainer, you know, that's what he did was he just simply built relationship with his disciples, mm-hmm. and uh, it grew from there. Um, I know a lot of people think, you know, well, there's there's got to be these conflicts between a father and a son, and there is challenges. Right. There is that, but uh, 
so is there challenges in a relationship that's not a father, son, or a mm -hmm. family member, but you learn to work through them if you have that common vision and goal. Right. Right. It was like once I think Jordan, um, he convinced me that I was wrong, but you know, I thought about it, I was wrong. You know. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> he convinced you were wrong, and then you thought about it. I was wrong. He was wrong. <laughs> but no, anyway, uh, yeah, there is conflicts that arise, but you're you're wanting to settle it and you know to go mm -hmm. on as as. A, uh, that loving bond of the family, and that's yeah. for the work of God as well. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the benefits of uh, conflict doesn't have to be fatal in family. Mm. Mm. It, you yes, don't sir. have to, um, when you disagree, it's not like, well, I'm never speaking to that person again. It's kind of hard when it's your dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that uh, it is a blessing, and whether, whether the relationship is a father, son, or uh, a relative is really immaterial right. as mm -hmm. long as the vision is we're working on this together. I think one of the right. most powerful chapters in the New Testament is Romans 16, where Paul lists all those that were working in the church mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. and doing things. And just it, it's one of the most encouraging chapters when you realize the Apostle Paul wasn't doing all this by himself. Right. Right. Exactly. And he wasn't just doing it with another, you know, disciple or just with Luke or mm -hmm. uh Silas. There was an, a whole group of people working mm -hmm. to further the gospel of the kingdom. And to me, I think that's very important. You you mentioned Brother Mark about reading the books about being a missionary and mm -hmm. leadership and all of that. Uh Tell us a little bit about your model of leadership training and what that looks like in your church as you're equipping young leaders. Uh, one thing we're using right now that has helped us is our, our Bible college, online Bible college. And um, we, uh, you know, for many Bible colleges and apostolic ranks are, are used to equip, to evangelize. And we do that to some degree, but we're also using it as evangelistically, as uh, finding those who come to the knowledge of apostolic truths. And um, and one of the young men that we're working with now, his name is Slava, uh, he's a young minister, and he came through the, he's a product of the online Bible college. Mm. Uh, great. Because That's awesome. we have, like, for example, I think it's our fourth course we give the students is the book of Acts. And, and of course, we have key questions. And one of the questions is, you know, how did the, how did the apostles, uh, disciples, baptize in the book of Acts? Of course, we mm. know the answer is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and we ask uh, in that testing that, you know, do you feel that's a baptism mode today? And if they answer yes, then I'll write them a personal letter. And I'll say, well, have you been baptized in Jesus' name? And and, and would you like to receive that? And Slav was the one who said, no, I haven't. And I would love to be baptized wow. in Jesus' name. So wow. that's awesome. He came up and he, he stayed with us. And uh, our blueprint of, um, I guess you could say, discipling him or helping him in leadership was first to find out his calling. Uh, first, you know, you can't really get them involved in ministry until you know they really have a calling for it. And so when mm -hmm. I found out he did, uh, then we began to include him in all aspects of the work and uh, and just try to uh, pour into him, you know, especially doctrine. We really try to emphasize sure. the key right. components of doctrine because we didn't want to have another uh, a fallacy of what I've heard so many where they thought this person was on on the truth, and then come to find out they weren't. They weren't. Right. Yeah. So we really poured in doctrine to him, and also uh, working, working with people. Uh, we felt was important as well. Right. And, uh, 
you know, things like this. So, I don't know if that answers your question about blueprint sure. of ministry, but absolutely. well, it again it goes back to investment right. in relationship, and uh, uh, but um, so going back to uh, you starting a Bible college, right? What what was that process like? Mm-hmm. What was where did that idea begin for starting that in Russia? It's really funny because we had one. Um, we know. We've had the Bible College on site in St. Petersburg, and we just right. invite people we knew. We, we try to also get people from non, other denominations to come be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Well, one man heard about this, and he lived uh, somewhere, um, I'm not sure, south of Russia or, or Ukraine, I forget where. And he said, I would love to study your Bible College. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't mm-hmm. travel the distance. And so my my old mentality was, okay, correspondence program. <laughs> you know? Send him some cassette tapes. Cassette tapes, you <laughs> yeah. know. Uh, maybe we could upgrade a little maybe to CDs, you know. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. And, and so, and then I, I began to think, I said, why are we doing this? I said, you know, we have computer and audio. We can we can go in that direction. And so uh, I, I was talking to our, our ministerial team at that time at St. Peter's. I said, what do you think about us starting something online? And they thought it was a great idea. And we began to work on that. And and actually to show you how new we were with this concept in Russia, we got we was able to get the domain uh, www.onlinebiblecollege.ru, oh, wow. you know. So we were one of the first to do it because, that's you know, awesome. that's, that's a great online Bible college. Sure. It's a great domain to that's have. That's great. Absolutely. Yes. And, and so we were new to that. And so, and that's how it started. And then we just built on it from there. Wow. So we have about 200 students right now. That's amazing. Are so, they all from Russia or do you uh, see no, some from? different parts. Russia, wow. Ukraine, Kazakhstan. Uh, we have some it's even as far as Israel, Argentina. These are wow. Russian-speaking wow. people who have immigrated right. throughout yeah. the world. So. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, Brother Jordan, what? tell us a little bit about uh, leadership model and mm-hmm. kind of uh, what y'all are doing to pour into people and uh, how that looks. Um, a lot of my work, it's um, really focused on, a, on new converts. Um, that's, that's really where my, my, my focus is usually. Um, and, and as it's kind of been talked about earlier about how kind of slow the pace is in Russia, it, it's a lot of one-on-one time. Um, mm-hmm. Really just kind of listening, uh, talking. Um, one young man I've, I've been working with recently, he, he needs a, a weekly or two, twice a week meeting just to kind of talk things through and yeah, he's very passionate, but you, you've got to let him get it out, mm-hmm. uh, get out all that thought, all that processes in their mind, and then put back in the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's really been a lot of my processes, just try to, to gently direct these people into, a, um, into the, the gospel, into right thinking, being solid members of the church, uh, where leadership might be an option later, yeah. But um, it's really just building foundations with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Two things we have done, uh, the couple on that a little bit, is that on the Bible college, for example, mm-hmm. uh, we we before COVID, we would have people come uh, by by probably once every uh, two years. We like to move to once a year uh, to, for an intensive training course, mm-hmm. and we bring them all in. They'll come for a week, and we'll have like Monday through Friday right. classes, seminars. Yeah. Like that. Then also we we glean from that other ministers who may more maybe more interested in working with us. Mm-hmm. And so then we have what we call the seminar called Reaching the Summit, and we we try to do that twice a year if we can. This is mm-hmm. just a small group of ministers who will come together, discuss with us, talk about things, doctrine, 
right. uh, working relationships, uh, different, different other areas uh, as far as ministry is concerned to see if somehow we can work together with this yes, website message. Right. So those are a few things we do to try to That's awesome. get more leaders into the work. It it's it's part of the fivefold ministry. He said that we are to do it for the the King James says perfecting, but that it, that means equipping, right. equipping of the of the saints and and uh, to 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 continually replicate in the body of Christ uh, that gifting and ministry. Tell us a little bit uh, as we're coming. We're going to kind of uh, wrap things up here, but tell us a little bit about your work, what's going on. And uh, let our listeners know kind of where you are and what what is happening. Mm-hmm. Well, um, right now um, there are there are two churches in St. Petersburg um, that we're uh, we're working in. Uh, we have the the church of Dad is over um, in the center of the city, and then I have a a church plant that is over in the eastern part of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's the remnants of that group that we had talked about earlier. That was yes, the, the large group, and so uh, I'm working primarily with them. Um, so our main focus is within the city is the um, are these two churches and building that up and um, also we have a, a Slava he does a lot of outreach for us um, preaching points yeah. okay. countries Armenia Ukraine wow also Kazakhstan wow. Uh, we just I mentioned this in our newsletters we uh, Slava was able to baptize someone in Armenia in Jesus name wow. through the Bible college awesome. that's awesome. And uh, that's great. It's a first for our organization to ever have something like that. And wow. um, one other country I'm trying to think of, it was Uzbekistan, I believe. And Moldova. Moldova. Okay. So we have these preaching points that we're trying to develop as well. That's awesome. That's amazing. Continue to, to spread the word and getting it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's tremendous. Now, how many people live in St. Petersburg? Uh, about six million now. About six million. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a major metro area and uh, um well i appreciate the work of god that you're doing and what would you like for american church to know about the work in russia mark uh well for the american churches uh we just want to for them to know that um uh, there is a harvest Mm. in russia you know there Mm -hmm. is a souls to be saved and what was it that uh, the Lord told uh, to, I believe it was Elijah, that there are many people here who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Yes. And mm-hmm. it's just a matter of process of time for the message of Elijah, the, the encouragement of his ministry to reach yes. them. And I think it's the same thing in, in St. Petersburg and Russia. There are, I believe there are those who are really hungry for truth. And there is a harvest there. It's just, yes. as, as Brother David was saying, that patient enduring until... Right. Maybe those who are in the outskirts mm-hmm. can come and right. uh, receive the word, the message. Because all the time we have people coming to our church, new people uh, that have heard through about us. Like just recently, I, I've mentioned to you about this young lady who was baptized in Jesus' name just a few days ago. Uh, she was a product of uh, of, a, of another missionary who recommended her to our church because mm-hmm. there was not another apostolic church right. there necessarily uh, that 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 they knew of, and so. Uh, and her husband go attends the church at Calvary Temple in Indianapolis. Wow! I mean, she's trying to get back to her husband uh, and get the right visas and all that. Right. But during this process of time, um, her her husband he just recently came back to the Lord, and and so he's encouraging you've got to find an apostolic church, wow. you've got to get in church, and 
So we started Bible studies with her, explained Jesus' name, baptism, and all these things. Now she she wanted to be baptized. So what I'm saying, there's a harvest there. Right. It's yeah. just it's just a matter of time, and I don't want to take a lot of time. One more quick story. We there's one young lady in our church. Um, uh, as she came to our church, was baptized, didn't receive the Holy Ghost, and. There was one Sunday we emphasized Holy Ghost baptism. It was Pentecost Sunday. Okay. And so uh, we had a meeting with her about the Holy Ghost, you know, what's going to happen, you know, God can help you. Well, she received the Holy Ghost. It wasn't easy. It took about 15, 20 minutes of prayer. Right. And finally she broke through spoken tongues, praise God. Praise and afterwards, God. you know what she said? I've been looking for this for 20 years. Wow. Oh, that's what I'm saying. There's a harvest there. There is a harvest. That's what I want to tell the people in America. There is a harvest, and we just got to be in tune to that and keep doing yes. our best to right. help uh, to be a part of the Lord's kingdom to bring in the harvest. Mm. And it was exciting to hear. Uh, we were talking about this last night. It was exciting to hear that, though, y'all are in the States right now, mm-hmm. and uh, um, but to hear that someone's baptized Right, right, you know, right. this week, yeah, in, in Russia. To uh, to speak to that, how does that feel? Uh, I I I would say that it comes with a sense of uh, I don't want to say this, but it sound wrong, but pride mm-hmm. that you could be here in the states and know that the work is moving on because of what you have done and put in place there. Well, it like you said, I don't know what to call it pride in the sense of right. you know, maybe parental pride or right, something. Right, right, right. But the sense of uh, thank you, Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. that yeah. the work is there and, and, and we're seeing it uh, we're seeing it function. Mm. You know, that's what yep. we want it to do, continue yeah. to do, to be right. a, a place where souls can come and receive salvation. Wow. Yeah. Well, the ultimate goal is is in, in getting uh, leaders and ministers from the nationals there exactly. mm-hmm. that are going out. From your chain training and equipping and yeah. and impartation, um, brothers, it was so good to have you here on Absolutely. the podcast today, yeah. and and thank you for sharing your your stories with us. And uh, I want you to know that that in our eyes, you are heroes. Heroes. We 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 love you very very much, and we appreciate the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I I think that it is and I said this other day, is that uh, as you get older, one of the joys of getting older is watching people whose lives have been consistent and faithful mm-hmm. and and doing great work for God. And and uh, Brother Mark and Sister Wanda Stumbo mm-hmm. have been doing that. And now uh, Brother Jordan and Sister Lindsay and mm-hmm. their children. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe that this is a kingdom work, and uh, to Absolutely. God get the glory. And yeah. so when you baptize somebody, I often <laughs> joke about this, but you know we we consider the church in St. Petersburg as our daughter work, <laughs> five thousand <laughs> miles away, or And of course, we praise God for everything. We thank the Amen. Lord for His Absolutely. help, His mercy. Amen. God. To God be the glory. Amen. That's the bottom line. And uh, uh, anything else you'd like to say before uh, before we leave t- today? And uh, just, just thank you for having us. And we appreciate you, Pastor Gill and David, and your ministry made a great impact on many people's lives as well. And we're so thankful for you and our friendships through the years. Praise yes. God. Yes. Awesome. So thank you again so much. Uh, are, are there any avenues where you would like us to promote, that you would like to promote on here? I know you have the uh, Facebook page, Apostolic. Uh, Russian Ministry. Russian Ministry, yes. It, it's a closed group, so if you make a request, we'll accept mm-hmm. you in, I'm sure. Okay. Awesome, awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll be and, sure to do that, and we want to encourage you to 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 support the Stumbos Absolutely. in your prayers and finances. Uh, they are part of the uh, Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ 
missionaries. And uh, you can go to the World Missions uh, Facebook page. You can go to our websites and support them there. It's a very, very good soil. I believe when it comes to supporting missions, uh, you know, you do it, you, you sow into good soil right. because there will be a, a, a harvest to come back. Up. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being with us on another episode of Kingdom Lake Podcast. Kingdom Lake is, is a uh, focus of generational leadership. And as we have been honored today to have generational leaders with us in uh, uh, the Stumbo family, uh, David, it's great one more time for us to hit the microphone again. I know. And we're glad back. to be back. Uh, uh, having been off uh, during the last couple of years uh, because of some other things that we needed to take care of. But we are so thankful to be back on our Kingdom Lake podcast. I want to encourage you, uh, subscribe to our podcast. And it, it would be a blessing to us if you would write a review and uh, maybe uh, put a rating on there. That helps us continue to get the word out. We're looking forward to our next time. Keep looking up and remember leadership only matters if it is passed on.